Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. One of the most gracious invitations given by the Savior to poor sinners is this, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. What a weary and laden down world we live in. So much unrest and fear. So much covert frustration and anger because of the failure to have our greatest needs satisfied. Our spiritual needs. We need peace and rest in our souls. Yet we persist in our tiresome search in places that cannot deliver, not realizing what the problem really is. We are disconnected from the source of all true joy and satisfaction. We are disconnected from God. Today, speaker Shad Kember Jr. looks at this beautiful verse and what is offered in Christ. It's a wonderful call going out to all our listeners today. We hope that you will heed the invitation and accept it for yourself even today. And so the verse that I want to draw to your attention is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11 and verse number 28. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want to base my message tonight on this short and summary statement in the Gospel. These are the words of the Lord Jesus himself. And I want you to notice that he is making this invitation, and I'm going to call it an invitation that is very courteous. It's an invitation that is very considerate. He's not demanding that you come. What he's doing is he's expressing his words. He's expressing his will. It's his desire for you to come to him. He wants you to be saved. And so he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why do I think that it's a courteous or a considerate invitation that the Lord Jesus is making here? I think that an invitation shows respect. It shows respect because even though it's expressing what he wants, it's not imposing what he wants on you. He is simply giving you an offer. It's an open-hearted offer. And it's expressing not only his will, it's expressing his welcome but it's also expressing the fact that he is very patient and he is waiting for you to respond to the invitation. He is respecting your free will. He is respecting the fact that you have a choice in the matter. So the question here that comes from this statement is it's clear what the Lord Jesus wants. He wants you to be saved. He says, come unto me. But what is unclear to me, and you don't have to tell me, the question that really begs to be asked is this question. Do you want to come to Christ? If I was to sit beside you and ask you, do you want to be saved? What would your answer be? Would you say, yes, I want to be saved? If I was to ask you a second question, when would you like to be saved? What would you say to me? Would you want to be saved? Do you want to be saved right now? I don't know of too many people that got saved without coming to that kind of a crisis 
moment in which they wanted to be saved right now. They wanted to be saved today. They did not want to wait another day. They did not want to live one more day on the road to hell. They wanted to be saved right now. And I can tell you that if you want to be saved right now, the Lord Jesus is giving you a present current invitation. It's current. It hasn't gone out of date. This offer has not expired. And he is saying right now to you, come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So it's an invitation that is marked by courteousness. It's an invitation that is considering what you think of the Lord Jesus. And I want you to notice that it's also an invitation about Christ. He doesn't say come to the church. He is not so much telling you to come to a new way of life, to turn over a new leaf. He is not trying to get you to join some particular club. He is actually saying, come to me. Because if you were the richest person in the world and you didn't have Christ, you would be absolutely bankrupt and poverty stricken. You would be so poor. But if you were the poorest person in the world and you had Christ as your savior, you would be rich and wealthy beyond all measure. You know why? Because if you have Christ, you have eternal life. He that has the son has life is the testimony of the word of God. So this is an invitation and it's telling us about the consideration of Christ. He's respecting you and he's waiting for your reply, waiting for your response, waiting for your reaction. But it's about him, Christ, because he understands, even if you don't, that if you're ever going to get to heaven, you need Christ. You need to come to Christ. You need to find Christ. And if you're going to find Christ, you must seek for Christ and you must think about it and you must concern yourself with this matter, your salvation for all eternity. Christ Jesus says, come unto me. But I was thinking as well that it was an invitation that is marked by compassion. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, I think I'm right in saying that not everybody is laboring and not everybody is heavy laden. Does that mean he doesn't want the ones that are not heavy laden and are not laboring? Does he not want them to come too? Of course. We've just heard the wonderful words of that golden text that God so loved the world. He wants the whole world to be saved. God's not willing. He doesn't want anyone to perish. But I can tell you tonight that now in this particular invitation, he is steering the focus to people that are struggling, people that are laboring, people that have been wrestling and they're weary and they're worn down. Now, listen, there is many struggles in our world today, and there could be people listening right now, and you have pain in your life that you never even dreamed it was possible to feel. Maybe you have the pain of a broken heart. Maybe you have the pain of a betrayed heart. Maybe you have the pain of a broken marriage, the pain of a broken home. Maybe it's the pain of a broken heart. Maybe you've lost a loved one that is close to you. Your life has come tumbling down. Your world is falling apart. Maybe it's unrest. Maybe it's uncertainty. Maybe it's worries and concerns that have multiplied themselves on many different sides in your life. 
and you're bewildered and overwhelmed and you'll hardly know what else to do and you'll hardly know where else to look. I can tell you that the Lord Jesus cares about that. He cares about your soul. He cares about your suffering. He's concerned about all of that. But I want to be really careful here and say this, that ultimately what the Lord Jesus is trying to do with this invitation is he's making a clarification. And what's implied in the invitation is those who are troubled and burdened because of their sin. But he's also talking to people that are confused about salvation. And people that are confused about salvation very often show their confusion. And the way they show their confusion is they actually believe that based on their good works, based on their labors, based on their efforts, they are actually going to maybe earn salvation. The Bible says salvation is not of works, lest anyone should brag, lest anyone should boast. And the Bible makes it very clear that you cannot get saved as long as you are making all of these efforts and depending on your efforts, your activities. Maybe it's your church attendance. Maybe it's your faithful prayers. Maybe it's your your generosity to those that are in need. Maybe you are a person with great philanthropy and you have a great heart of compassion for those that are in need all around you. Wonderful. Maybe you think you have a chance of going to heaven because you've tried to fulfill and keep the Ten Commandments. Maybe you try to honor God. Maybe you try to please him in your day-to-day life. I don't want to discourage you, but I want to discourage you from trying to save yourself that way. It won't work. The Lord Jesus is saying, if you're laboring and you're striving and you're struggling with all of your heart and all of your might and main within the particular religion of your choice, I don't know what your religious background is. I don't know what religion you have been told and what religion you have been taught. But the Lord Jesus is saying, you need to cease and you need to desist from every effort you are making to save yourself because it will not work. It will not save. You cannot save yourself. So the Lord Jesus is saying, come to me. I can save you. And we've been hearing about him tonight, his wonderful credentials, his characteristics, his qualifications. He is competent and he is capable to save you. And so he says, come unto me. This summer in this area, there a storm ripped through this area and they call it the derecho and it peaked out at 142 miles an hour, we're told. For people that are more used to kilometers, I think that's getting close to 230 kilometers an hour. Tremendous winds. And they were sustained at high speeds. And they toppled all kinds of trees. And so much damage was done in the city. And the city is still working to clean up the debris of all of the trees. And some of us, every time we hear the sound of a chainsaw, we get a sore back. You know, it's, it's quite a thing. But you know, Across the road from where one of my daughters lives in the area, there was a tree that had partially fallen down. And the people were there and they were cutting that tree. They were cutting the upper branches as the tree had leaned over to one side. And there was a little girl that was playing there. And there was a hole where the roots had been lifted partially out of the ground. And that little girl was playing there. And maybe no one noticed, but the little girl went down in that hole and she was in that little cavity. At the same time as people were cutting the far end of the tree, and as they cut more off of the tree, all of a sudden, the tree, with less weight now to keep it inclined, actually all of a sudden popped up. And when it popped up, it began to crush that little girl. 
And the mother became frantic and the screams, people became aware of it. And my daughter ran over there and was cradling the little girl's head in her hands and frantically began to work to try to lift that weight off of that girl that was crushing the very life out of her. The men were trying feverishly. Everybody was trying anything they could think of. And there was ropes. They tied a a vehicle to try to pull that tree down to release the pressure and let that little girl out. Ultimately, with enough neighbors and men that came together and were called to help, they actually were able to get the tree. And all of a sudden, the little girl was able to be pulled free. And the the people were there to begin to work on her and give CPR and, and try to save the little girl's life. And she hovered between life and death for several days in the hospital. And thank God, she actually survived. A miracle, answer to many prayers. The mother was so happy to get her little daughter recovered back again from the hospital and take her home and the little girl to resume life again. What a wonderful thing. But you know what was so necessary in the moment of crisis? Can you imagine if somebody had come along that was big enough and strong enough, capable enough to be able to lift that heavy tree root off of that little girl and save her life? You know something? That's what everybody was wanting to happen. That's what everybody was trying to make happen. And the problem was no one was strong enough. I can tell you today that the Lord Jesus is saying, you need to come to him because he's the only one that can lift the burden of your sin. And if you are burdened under your sin, if you are burdened under the weight of not being saved, not being ready for eternity, and if that is crushing, as it were, the very life out of you, and it's burdening you, and it's bothering you. I can tell you that the words of the Lord Jesus in this verse are not only words of an invitation that's considerate, whether you want to be saved or not. He is wanting, he's waiting to see if you want to be saved. He is willing to save you if you'll give him permission to do so. But I can tell you something else, that his invitation comes from one who is capable to save you. He is able to lift the burden of your sin. He is able to save you. He can give the blessing. If you are laboring, maybe it's been for several years that you have tried in vain to save yourself, and you're very frustrated, never having been able to find salvation. This verse gives you the answer. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if you're burdened, because you're confused and trying to save yourself the wrong way. Drop it and come to Christ. He'll save you today. And if you're heavy laden and you're burdened under your sin and under your guilt, I can tell you there is the peace of the forgiveness of sins that the Lord Jesus can give to you even this very evening. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. It's an invitation with consideration. It's an invitation with compassion. He feels your pain. He sympathizes with you. He's not indifferent to your struggle. He's not disinterested. He is not distant and remote and removed. Jesus is very near. And so he comes to you and he wants to bless you. But then I want you to notice that it is an invitation that comes with a commitment, a commitment. He's committing. He's promising you something. He is willing to obligate himself by his own words to give you rest. And that's a wonderful promise. In a world that's full of so much unrest and turmoil, 
unrest that spills into the streets, unrest that spills into strong words, the vitriol of the public discourse in the public plaza, in the public marketplace is truly alarming. And people are worried and concerned about the future of this world, and rightly so. I can tell you that in the midst of all of the chaos and all of the catastrophe and all of the confusion and the unrest and the conflict and the dysfunction and the disagreements and the division that is so rampant, and it seems to be on the increase all around us, there is one who promises peace. There is one who promises rest. He says, come to me, come to me when all else has failed. None other can do this. And he is making this commitment. This is his pledge. This is his promise. I will give you rest. Notice this is a one-sided invitation. This is not a deal where it's a barter. And he's saying, if you give me something, I'll give you something. If you give me, I'll give you back. No, that's not what salvation is. Salvation is not a barter where you promise to serve Christ and he saves you as a result. That's a business deal. That's barter. In this verse, it's not a business deal. It's not barter. It's the blessing of a free gift. There's only one person that's giving here, and it's the Lord Jesus. You know, you don't get saved by making a commitment to Christ. Many times I've heard that expression, and that's common vocabulary all around us, but it's not biblical vocabulary when it comes to getting saved. Nobody gets saved by making a commitment. It's not that you enter into a pact or into a vow or into a promise, into some kind of a contract where you are promising Christ that you're going to follow him for the rest of your life. That sounds good. It sounds nice. And I'm sure it's very sincere and noble. But salvation is not based on what you do. It's based on what Christ does. What did Christ do to save you? He died on the cross. And so it's not that it's consecration, your service for Christ that's going to save you. It's rather his sacrifice at the cross, what he did, what he suffered what he paid with his precious blood. How could anything you ever could think of doing, either before getting saved or even after getting saved, how could anything like coming from you or from me ever compare with what the Lord Jesus did at the cross? So he says, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to do something. You've got my word for it. And my word is my bond. And here's my promise, and here's my pledge. I will give you rest. And any and all of us who have come to Christ and have discovered this rest, this peace of sins forgiven, this joy of eternal salvation, we have proven the reality of his words. And so what I want to do is just close off by telling you that there's a case study here. The first time the Lord Jesus said the words of Matthew 11 and 28, there was a woman who got saved. And she was a woman that was burdened by her sin. I don't know if she had other sorrows and other complications in her life, but she had many sins. And that was the primary problem. All the other issues were secondary. But this number one issue was something that was weighing on her mind. It was bothering her. It was a burden of guilt. It was a burden of sin and a burden of shame for the life that she had lived. A woman of the street. And she listened to these words. And by faith, she responded to Christ. And she came spiritually, not physically. She came spiritually. And she trusted him and she took him at his word and she was a happy recipient of the grand relief of saving rest that Christ had promised. She proved his words to be true in her own experience. And shortly thereafter, she tracked him down. 
went into a house uninvited, likely unwanted, unwelcome, in a well-to-do home, a home owned by a man named Simon. And it so touched her heart, she came in with tears running down her cheeks. Not tears of sadness, I doubt tears of shame, but tears of sweet joy and relief and gratitude filling her heart, flooding her eyes with tears, causing her to bow low at his feet, to kiss his feet, to anoint them with perfume, to wash them with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head, and to silently and yet so eloquently, without a word, express to the one who had given her this peace, her simple word of thanks. The Lord said to her, your sins have been forgiven you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. So that's what happened. And that's what can happen to you. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. He's the one that can lift your burden because he went to the cross and he bore it at the cross, the burden of your sin. God laid on him the iniquity of us all. God's wrath lay hard upon Christ. He bore the judgment as well that your sins deserved. And he who is the burden lifter, he who is the sin bearer, the lamb of God, says to you tonight in tender words, come to me. You'll never be disappointed. I'll never let you down. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, salvation is not based on what we can do, our commitment to Christ, but solely on what he has already done for us. Christ has paid the great debt of sin, and now he invites us, the weary, heavy-laden ones, to come to him for rest, complete rest, joyful rest, eternal rest. Isn't that what we all need? And this can only be obtained when our sins are put away and we are made new in Christ Jesus. Do you know anything about this wonderful rest? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you would like some literature that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. Our Anchor Point messages are also available for listening and download at anchorpointradio.com. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.